You know, this this may be a bit crude, but I mean, I don't know no other way to say it. Uh, I want to talk about um, booty calls. Well, hello, hello. This is R.C. Blakes, and um, I wanted to just share something with you really briefly today. Um at the time of this recording, we're in the middle of the COVID-19 uh, crisis, pandemic. And um, the world, the country, the United States of America is, is really opening up again, but it's still not safe. And so for me and some others, uh, we're still somewhat, well, apprehensive and um, slow to re-embrace life as we would normally for good reason. And so it's been some very um, anxious times. It really has. It's been some extremely anxious times. And, you know, quite often people ask me, because I am a pastor, people ask me, well, how do you, you know, how do you survive this? How do you um, press your way through times like these in a healthy way. I have to first of all admit to you that I never imagined in life that I would be um, in the middle of something so unexpected and so restrictive and almost it almost feels um, repressive. Um, and what it does is, when you're in a anxious time, in, in a vice grip of anxiety, what it does is it really gives you uh, an actual glimpse of your inner fortitude, your spiritual wherewithal, and your emotional stability. And I have to admit to you, all of that has been tested in me. It really has. Because the challenge, you know, when you're in a crisis, no matter what it is, be it a pandemic, um, or a failing relationship, um, the death of a loved one, life is turned upside down, and you're just in the middle of something that you never imagined you would be in, it's not, the, it's not necessarily the physical um, aspects of the, of the situation as much as it is the mental you know, how, how do we get our minds to cooperate and to process a new normal? How do, how do we do that? And that's what I've had to do over these last three, three months. I've had to recondition my mind to function with a new normal. I've been um, stuck at home for three months. And I'm a man that's accustomed to traveling a lot, being on airplanes, you know. Um, in the natural sense, some would say that my ability to earn has been 
severely impacted and restricted, but for the but for the grace of God, you know? And so these things are serious, and, and this is what we're dealing with in life, you know? And so many times in, in, in church, people of faith, we want to spiritualize everything, and everything is not spiritual. Some things are psychological. And I've had to tap into some strategies that I want to share with you in the next maybe 15 minutes or so. First thing that I've done in this crisis is I've learned, which I knew before coming into this, but I've had to actually practice it more than ever. The first thing that I do is I quiet myself. You know, like you see me sitting here, I'm sitting on my uh, drive in front of my house and I'm just quieting myself. You know, I'm, I'm not allowing myself to run and get, you know, hyped up. I'm, I, I quiet myself. Let your mind or quiet your mind through prayer, through meditation, uh, through music or through literal quietness. It's about allowing your spirit and your mind to breathe. You know, it's about many times cutting the television off or if, if it's no more than just muting it so that your, your, your spirit does not have to process all of this data, all of this negativity, all of this commotion, nature. You know, I'm listening to the wind. I'm looking at the birds. I'm watching the, tr- the trees sway in the wind today. Nature has a way of restoring the soul. But all of the man-made noise of society drains the spirit of life. And when you're in the middle of a crisis like this, you have to intentionally quiet yourself. And the Bible says in Isaiah 26 and 3, Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. Stayed. Watch that word there. Whose mind is stayed. That's the challenge. That's the challenge of meditation, to be able to get your mind to stay, you know, without running into the not yet future or the can't do anything about it past, but coming into the moment and getting your mind to stay. That's what I'm, that's what I'm working on. That's what I'm working on, you know, and I'm getting better at it. I don't have a choice. I'm getting much better at it. Number two, I've, I've, I've learned to deal with this not only through quieting myself, but I've learned to process this by being grateful, focusing on the blessings that surround me. You know, sometimes we're so consumed with what we think we want, what we think we need, what we think we deserve, that we're not observant of what God is yet doing. And there's so many blessings. This, this came, this became real to me some weeks ago. I was um, preparing a message and um, I saw, I was looking through some, some, some images to go along with the message for the, for the media team to put graphics to my message. And I saw this gentleman, black gentleman, older than myself, at least he's, he looked to be older than me, 
And it was a picture of him sleeping on what was literally a block of concrete. And it registered to me. I had been complaining about a mattress that I have at my home in New Orleans. I had been complaining. Oh, I'm just griping about this mattress. I'm tired of this mattress. I'm, uh, this mattress is trash and so forth and so on. And when I looked at that picture of that man sleeping on that block of concrete, a spirit of gratitude resurrected in me. And I said to myself, I will never again complain about this mattress. If it's really that bad, I'll go and buy another. But I won't complain about it because it's something to be grateful for. And I think we have to intentionally uh, focus on the blessings that surround us. Listen to what Philippians 4, 6 and 7 says. Be careful, and that word careful there literally translates as um, well let me read it be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known unto God and the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus be careful literally translates as don't be anxious don't be worried be anxious for nothing be worried about nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving gratitude. Let your requests be made known unto God and the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds. You want peace to come into your situation? Learn to be, learn to be thankful. Learn to be thankful. Number three, don't exaggerate it. Don't exaggerate it. Um, resist the tendency to magnify moments of pressure. What I've discovered about myself is, and see, all of us need, we need to do this uh, self-analysis, but what I've discovered about myself is all I need is a second, just a second, a thought, a negative thought, and it's like my mind takes it and my mind exaggerates it and before you know it, I can turn that one little, what should have been a fleeting thought, I can exaggerate it and turn it into a, a full-blown panic attack. My wife has witnessed it. She can testify to this. Because my mind, you know, I have a tendency to just exaggerate things. It's kind of like the children of Israel in Numbers 13, 32, uh, all the way through Numbers 14 and 1. The, the, the assignment was for them to go over into the promised land and the spout the land and come back and tell us what we got waiting on us. And they come back talking about giants in the land. We were like grasshoppers in, in their sight. And so we were in our sight. And they got through exaggerating that thing. And they told that to the nation. Ten negative men exaggerated a situation and discouraged the hearts of some say three million people. Don't don't exaggerate it. There's, there's some of you that are just exaggerating the moment. You got to learn to calm yourself down. Number four. Number four, and I only have eight. Acknowledge it. Acknowledge it. You know, um, when, you, when you're feeling anxious, acknowledge it. This is something I've learned. Acknowledge it and let it pass through you. Just don't let it camp out in you. Acknowledge it, let it pass through, and let it pass out. 
It's, it's, it's human, it's normal, it's even healthy to feel. Just, you know, don't, don't handcuff that emotion to your soul. Acknowledge it, feel it, and let it pass, let it pass out, let it pass through. Jesus had an anxious moment. In the Garden of Gethsemane, I don't know if you remember this, if you're a Bible reader, you may. This is right before he would go to Calvary, and and the realities of all that was before him really started tripping him out in his mind. He got anxious, and and the Bible said he started sweating. And he said to the Father, you know, if if it's possible, let this thing pass. I don't want to do this. I know this is why I came, but I don't want to do this. And he acknowledged what he was feeling. And he, he felt it, and he let it pass through. And then in a moment, he says, nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And the Bible says, God, the Father, sent angels to strengthen him. There's something powerful that happens in transparency and honesty. When you acknowledge it, you allow it to pass through, and you allow it to pass on, and God will send strength for you. Number five, work through it. That's a lesson I've learned over the years, not not necessarily in this crisis alone, but this started years ago with Hurricane Katrina and what I went through with that. I think you have two options when you're in a crisis or when you're in an anxious time. You either can sit in it, sit in the middle of anxiety, or you can work through it. Sit in it or work through it. Sit in it or work through it. Which do you think would be the healthier? For me, it helps me to work. It helps me to apply my hands to my vision. It helps me to apply my hands to something that I might view as significant and important. It helps me to work through it. When, when depression begins to rise, force yourself into your work or vision. It will recalibrate your spirit. It's amazing how during this time I've had to put myself on a schedule and I would find things to do. I've accomplished a lot during these three months, but I had to find things to do to eat up my day until it was about time to go to bed. Then I would go to sleep and I would wake up the next day and I would have things to do. I, I, I had to work my way through it. I couldn't sit in that. Emotionally and psychologically, not even physically, could I handle that. I had to work through it. Number six, serve your way out. Serve your way out. When you're in in the middle of a crisis, when you feel like you're obsessing over um, how uncomfortable life has become, turn your focus away from you and turn your focus to helping others. What it does is it gives meaning to your pain. So what we've done is we've intensified our uh, focus on serving others. You know, Lisa and I, our ministry. This is one of the most uncomfortable seasons of my life, but I'm I'm intentional about serving others. I'm intentional about taking the focus off of me and my issues and my problems and focusing on someone else and becoming someone else's solution. And I believe with all of my heart, what I make happen for others, God in turn makes happen for me. That's what the Bible says. Number seven, perfect your patience. In other words, allow your patience in this season 
to mature, you know, become mature in that area in terms of patience. Always remind yourself that it's, it's not going to last and it will not kill me as long as I, as long as I trust God. And the Bible says in James 1, 2, and 3, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into many kinds of temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. This thing is working something in you. And then finally, number eight, eliminate the leeches. You're in a season now, when you, whenever you're in a crisis, you're in a season where you don't have time to tolerate takers and users people that only have an agenda uh, and, 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 and don't help you. They don't, they don't add to you. Uh, they subtract from you. They make you feel bad. They bring you down. They got to be eliminated. You, you need all of the strength you have. You don't have any to uh, give away to somebody who does not deserve it. Just because a person needs you does not mean that they deserve you. And in this season, you got to get rid of people that don't deserve you. You don't have the luxury right now of carrying people who only use you, who only subtract from you and eliminate them from your life. So these are the things that I've done and am continuing to do that help me. This is my process. I'm no therapist, no psychologist, no counselor. I'm just a man. I live. You know what I mean? I um. I, I have experiences. I learn from them, and I try to share what I what I learn. So I pray that you you've gotten something out of this today. Now, let me also say this: um, we're getting ready to have um, a cyber conference, a Queenology cyber conference, sponsored by Sisters Winning in Ministry. That's an organization that I established, built around women in ministry who come together and create a sisterhood. And they are sponsoring this particular cyber conference that I'm going to do. And it's really the next conversation beyond the book Queenology. What, what, what follows consciousness? Reigning. Once you wake up and you're aware of who you are, now it's time to reign. That's going to be the focus of this cyber conference. It's happening July 25th and 26th, 2020. You can go to rcblakes.com right now and you can register. It's just $39. It's going to be over the course of two days. It'll be on a Saturday afternoon and on a Sunday afternoon. We put it at 1 p.m. in the afternoon to accommodate not only the USA but our brothers and sisters overseas as well. So I'm in, I'm looking for a worldwide audience uh, in this conference. I've had them reach out from Canada, from Australia, from the UK, of course from the USA, who are registering for this conference. And I'd love to have you to be a part of it. Also, don't forget to stop by rcblakes.com. Pick up one of um, the online programs that I've developed. And I'm, I'm, I'm about to add to that. I'm getting ready to do the Kingology online program and uh, some other things. And also mentioning Kingology, the book and the work, the study guide. I always get study guide workbook confused. The book and the study guide are available. You can go to Amazon right now. You can pick up the book and the study guide at Amazon. In fact, you can now get uh, Queenology study guides and father daughter talk study guides on Amazon as well. 
And uh, just know that Lisa and I love you. Don't forget to stop by my website and sign up for our mailing list. It's right on the it's right on the home page. Just hit the button and you're in there. Fifteen seconds, you're on my email list. So I love you. It's hot out here, but I wanted to share this with you in nature today. I'm thankful for you, and I appreciate you, and I love you with all of my heart. God bless you. If you would like more information or for other resources, please visit us on the web at rcblakes.com.